Welcome into the Fairweather Podcast, where we discuss all things San Diego Loyal Soccer Club. The Fairweather Podcast is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Hey, we're live. Bam, 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 bam. I'm never ready with my sound effect. Ever. <laughs> never ready with my sound effects. I did like, grab a drink. Like, they told me to grab a drink, so I grabbed a drink. So <laughs> I'm drinking a lovely modern time seventh anniversary IPA. Uh, I'm drinking Chris a, is drinking. This is going to be celery, parsley, and a little bit of lemon. Mm. This is water, Casamigos, hops. Añejo. What are you drinking, Kevin? Casamigos Añejo. I have no idea what those words mean, so That's we're just going to move. Yeah, so uh, right off the bat, some new... Um, some new news. I guess that's why they call it news. Uh, some news about the Midway District. Um, uh, there was some pushback against the Midway District plan uh, that San Diego Loyal is involved with about not having a new arena, just remodeling the old arena. News came out today or yesterday um, that a new arena is in the talks now. Uh, so some of those folks were pushing back and saying, ah, this is not good enough for San Diego. We want a new arena that could attract NHL or NBA. Um, I mean, NBA failed twice here already. So I don't, I don't, not sure if I'm super stoked for that, but Hey, some people are, uh, but new arena is in the talks uh, that hasn't been formalized. It hasn't been like finalized, uh, but there is that option. Uh, so, another layer on top of it to make it seem as if this plan is the best plan. Um, And again, for loyal fans, uh, that means a possibility of a modular stadium uh, being installed in that area. Um, That would be the home of San Diego loyal, uh, which would be outstanding. Um, It goes up really quick and um, a lot, I shouldn't say lots, but there are many teams that have that modular stadium and are successful in that modular stadium style. And we're going to talk about one of those right now because we have a pack show. Uh, so we're going to introduce uh, a friend of ours um, from the PRFC fan show. Uh, that stands for Phoenix Rising uh, Fan Football Club Fan Show. Oof. Man, Ooh. I felt like Ray there for a second. PRFC <laughs> fan show. Uh, he's been um in and around phoenix for a while uh he's a fellow music person like myself so we connect on multiple levels and he's been on the orange and black soccer cast a few times so that's where i met him had a drink with him in phoenix last year uh kevin welcome to the show thanks so much i'm very glad to be here i'm in i'm in good company even with chris here i'm in good company (laughs) oh you're in great company (laughs) (laughs) uh so if you are not on the twitter machines um you might not understand the absolute, I don't want to say hate, but almost hate that Phoenix Rising in New Mexico fan. It is hate. There is no, there is, it is hate. It is hate. <laughs> Both sides despise each other equally. It, it's, it is very much one of the few rivalries that do get that ugly at times, uh, but that's what they're bantering about. There's some things about stickers. There's some things about, butterflies um but we brought kevin in man that's oc that's that's (laughs) Uh, we brought kevin in uh to give us some insight about phoenix uh phoenix is going to be um i think most people would say that phoenix is one of the top teams in the league 
Uh, they're kind of quickly become a standard bearer in the USL as far as um, on and off the pitch. Um, unfortunately, Sam Dorr went to the Coyotes, which I thought was maybe a little bit of a step back for Phoenix. I loved Sam Dorr dearly. Um, but we thought we'd bring him on and get some insight, uh, talk about how they've been doing, um, why they can't beat Orange County in Orange County, except for once, but we won't talk about that. Um, <laughs> Kevin, how is Phoenix doing uh, right now? Well, I mean, they're obviously on a high right now after the drubbing they gave this weekend. Um, you know, and that's, uh, it would be true if it was any team, but it's extra special with New Mexico. Um, <laughs> you know, and sorry, Chris. It, I mean, it's just, <laughs> you guys would feel the same way, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing. We've had this slow start. We saw that last year, right? We thought we were going to be able to avoid it, but COVID's kind of screwed that all up. Um, but what's been nice is in the past two games, we have consistently, uh, we've, we've been a little bit slow to start at the beginning of the match, but after the first eight to 12 minutes, we kick in and we're the team that we expect Phoenix Rising to be this year. And so it's been really, really great to watch. We just have to stop giving up goals during that first eight to 12. Now, if I asked you to name some like, players that we need to look out for i we would be here for like the end of the night apparently like there's so many players that you can name as kind of key players especially in the offense uh but if there's a couple players maybe that are outside of your solomon asante and maybe i would even throw in flemings as probably your early mvp i think there was it was flem vp on your twitter uh Twitter. Um, outside of those players that maybe get that spotlight that people might already know, like a Solomon Asante, Junior Flemings, who is someone that San Diego should be looking out for as far as um, possibility to do some damage on Saturday? So I have watched some San Diego footage just, you know, to see what they look like because I was really interested to see what Landon Donovan's doing with the team. Um, first one for sure is John Baccaro. I mean, Two of the goals that came out against New Mexico were from stellar, precise. I mean, that second assist by him was absolutely amazing. Um, when he crossed it to Junior Flemings, it had to be placed perfectly. The height had to be perfect. The speed had to be perfect. And it was just there. When he looped that ball over and gave it to Flemings too, it was beautiful. And that's the thing about Beccaro. Beccaro knows how to pass the ball. He's got great touch. And that makes him extremely dangerous. Um, the second one is my boy, Kevin Lambert, the orchestrator. Uh, he's the guy who's behind the scenes. He's the guy who's given commands on the field. One of the benefits of COVID is that we get to hear what's going on on the field. Um, Kevin is not overly vocal on the field, but when he says something, you're going to be damn sure that he's, he's given somebody something that has to happen and has to happen immediately. Um, so I would... I would say that those are the two main players that San Diego is going to have that are kind of unsung heroes at this point that they need to watch. I'd agree with that. Um, so I'll, I'll throw in Dadashev because he's just a menace. I think one of the best nines probably in the USL could probably be playing in the MLS too. Dadashev is a force to be reckoned with big time. I, th I don't think there's a team in the USL who wouldn't take Dadashev in a heartbeat if they could have him. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see Phoenix's attack against like a three-man backline, possibly five-man backline, 
Um, I know they have a with Joe Greenspan in the middle. That would be a really good um, matchup to watch. That Dadashoff versus Greenspan mm-hmm. um, in in that eighteen yard box. That's going to be real fun to see um, how they can do. Um, now Phoenix has scuttled a little bit um, against Orange County, um, mm-hmm. and kind of looking at obviously Phoenix has a lot of strengths. But what are some things that um, San Diego is going to be looking to exploit with Phoenix right now? Are the, are there weaknesses? Um, yeah, sure, sure. I mean, every team has weaknesses, right? Um, one that New Mexico was able to take advantage of right at the beginning of the game, and it was – I mean, I'm going to give props where you have to give props. That header was a thing of freaking beauty, man. That To get something over Zach Lubin, even though he's off his line, but to get it over him and still in the back of the net was – I mean, you got to give props for a a play like that. It's our back four. Our back four is chock full of skill. They seem to not be meshing quite as much as they could be right now, and that's where our weakness has been. OC took advantage of it two games in a row. Um, And so I think if there's a weakness, it's trying to press on that back four, get past them, and and then get the ball in the back of the net. Because the outsides of the back four – that's, that's where the pace kind of lacks, right? Uh, yeah. We're, you know, we have strong defensive capability, but I think we sacrifice some pace for it. Yes. I'd say that across all, all four of them, actually. I mean, A.J. Cochran, he's a big guy. He's not fast. Um, but it's more lapses in concentration and the chemistry between those guys. Um, you know, again, uh, I was I was at the game on Saturday. I was right above our goal for the first half and listening to Zach Lubin bark out commands. Um, I had of an interview with Zach after the game, and I was like, Zach, do you feel like the communication with you in the backs is improving? He was like, Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's something that's continuing to improve, and and we're going to see improvements there. Uh, so, oh, well, I was just going to say, like, uh, Alan, to the point you were you were making a moment ago. Um, New Mexico played a three-four-three against against Phoenix uh, this past weekend. So, for I was thinking about it coming into this show. I know again they, they've been really uh, you know committed to that three-five-two, but you know the biggest thing with Phoenix has been has been getting in behind um, back lines and being able to kind of play the ball on so, so strategically that, you know, they're able to just use their pace to get out front. You know, San Diego, <clears throat> what do you think San Diego is going to have to do, especially with that, that midline? I mean, they're doing a, a three-five-two. so obviously <clears throat> to get back on transition on a counter, you only have you really only have two up front. You know what I'm saying? So you're kind of running into uh, where I feel Phoenix is a little dominant. But what, what adjustments do you think San Diego is going to have to make with that formation um i see them playing a little bit like they played sacramento um where it was defense first and if you can if you can get a goal get a goal um i think it's going to be interesting to see um especially when you have orange county in between the two you have you know orange county on wednesday so there's not like a ton of time um in between to really focus on Phoenix. And that's going to be a little bit of a disadvantage. So um, I would think that you put on defensive wingbacks 
you have a solid three. Um, and maybe instead of a Salzizo, you double up Greenspan and Emre Clementa. So you have three natural center backs, two wing backs that are almost like full backs, and you sit in a five. Now, what Orange County was able to do with their two lines of four was really kind of frustrate that midfield attack and really um, create some problems um, that I think or- San Diego has been able to give teams that same frustration, but we haven't faced a team yet that can attack the way Phoenix can attack. Um, well, so, and it's going yeah. to come down to positioning like OC did so well. I mean, because OC's it was all about positioning. It wasn't about speed. It wasn't about anything else. It was about cutting off the passing lanes and then us allowing them to cut off those passing lanes because we kept passing flat. Um, it'll be interesting to see because, as you saw with the New Mexico game, Chris, we started off a little flat at the beginning, but as soon as we started playing our game and going forward, there was a lot of penetration. It could have been up the middle. It could have been up the sides. We were we were doing both. It was- yeah, that's the thing about Phoenix is like, it's not like, you know, when you consider San Diego's back three, you know, it's not so much about the size that you're going to put against these guys. I mean, yeah, that might help for playing the corners or playing the set pieces. But, you know, when it comes to, to Phoenix, like, I mean, I went back and I reviewed every goal from the weekend. And it essentially was like, it really was just pace. It was just players putting the ball right where it needed to be. I mean, everything was perfect. Yeah, there were a couple of, you know, errors on behalf of New Mexico as far as, you know, like some of the initial goals that were scored. But there was just a point where they just put the ball, like, in a space that was so neutral from the goalkeeper and beyond the last defender. I mean, you know. See, I my position was, like, poor Year, Yearwood just got the hell beat out of him. Uh, Fleming's just... I mean, he outplayed Yearwood, and that's not a knock against Yearwood. He's a talented young man. He's a good young man, but he was outclassed by Flemings and what Flemings could do. Um, the second one, or the, the very last goal, where Santi Moore was a bull, right? He was going down the side. The guy was pulling out his jersey. He's just bowled through it and got that uh, pass across. Um, just really what Phoenix wants to do is have those multiple options for the passes. So. To your point, I think it's going to be interesting to see what the talent matchup is, uh, almost not on a man-to-man basis, but close to it, kind of a zone man type of thing in American football terms. Yeah, I think one thing that San Diego can exploit is um, when you look at the Orange County game, Aiden Quinn was able to put some really good balls into Shauna Coley, that kind of uh, target man with a little bit of pace. And so I think there's some lessons to be learned there. Um, as far as um, trying to alleviate pressure. Uh, and then you have Irvin Para, hopefully can find himself. He's been a little inconsistent. Uh, but then you have Francis Atuene or Tumi Moshabane, uh, who can play that Kevin Coleman type role. Um, but it's really about, I think with Phoenix, it's really about if you can get them off their game and frustrate them, uh, sometimes they beat themselves. But if Phoenix is firing all cylinders, they're a tough they're a tough team tough team to beat. Um, Kevin, I'm going to ask you, and please be kind. Um, what do you think the score line is going to be this weekend? 
Oh, God. You know, it's so hard to predict because I don't know San Diego that well yet. I did watch some of that Sacramento Republic game, and they were playing very defensive. Um, I think with Phoenix now, that's a mistake um, because I think they're going to find ways. There's too many talented midfielders to feed the ball and too many guys capable of putting in the net. I'm going to say I'm going to say four one Phoenix. Now, now you see that you see that Allen right there. The reason why he can predict upwards of four goals is because the team can score upwards of four goals. And so, I mean, when it comes down to it, the sum we've been we've been talking about with San Diego is we need a little bit more goal scorer confidence. You know, and we got to see some more some more goals hit the back of the net for San Diego you know not only us but i would think the fans anyone else to have this confidence that they're obviously going to be able to hold it up cuz my only concern when going against phoenix with san diego is that like is who have you been playing up until this point like you're going to now you're getting into the harder part of your group with orange county and phoenix and those matches are doubled up on each other so if you don't if you're not playing at like a level against two juggernauts like that already like you're gonna learn today son <laughs> I, th I think what makes phoenix dangerous is you have your starting 11 of like a 4-3-3 which they usually roll in but you can essentially use five subs and not lose any depth of attack yep. uh, with san diego there's a lot of depth but it's more defensive depth than offensive depth so does I think San Diego tries to play as defensive as possible and tries to uh, counterattack because um, Phoenix, I know, can play a pretty high defensive line at times and you can catch them out. Um, so well, uh, did that. they did it yeah. and they did it well. <laughs> they did. Um, we're, we're gonna, they deserve it. We're going to introduce those two gentlemen in a second because I'm going to ask them their score predictions too. I'm going to put them on the spot. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I'm going to go a little bit of a homer and say a one-on-one draw. I can't pick a San Diego loss. I just can't do it. Um, it's going to be tough. It is going to be tough, especially coming off a short week. I know, Kevin, it's a little bit of a homer. Like, if I was a neutral, I would pick a Phoenix win. But this is a San Diego podcast, so I can't do that. It's against the rules. Um, unless I'm Ray, and then I pick, like, 6 nil. Phoenix over San Diego. Yeah, Ray still thinks he's got some magical way of uh, influencing <laughs> games. It's pretty cool. This is for sure a game where if San Diego can get a point, I would take that as a victory. Uh, so oh, yeah. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna go one-one. Uh, Chris, what do you got? Okay, wait. They're playing in San Diego, right? No, no. Phoenix. Oh, okay. I was gonna say, I was like, you can't call that a victory. You only get one point in your own house. Jeez, um, Phoenix. It's hot out there. What's the temp out there in Cali right now? It's oh, yeah. Oh, in Cali, it's nice. In Phoenix, it's like four million degrees. It's like the surface of the sun. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It'll, it'll probably be a hundred and two degrees at mm. game time. Damn, I would not be wearing black shirts in Phoenix right now. Um, I'm gonna have to say, like, yeah, my fit. Yeah. See, but you got like you got you got something going on with that, right? You're you're there. I I just I can't go one one. Because honestly, like, who are we kidding? Phoenix is like the best team in the West, right? And you know, 
They are the best. They, Look at that down there. <laughs> hey, you know, this is they're, they're just the best team in the West right now. And, and the thing is, is that, you know, it's going to be a team making so few mistakes to be able to capitalize on it. You know, with with San Diego, again, like I just haven't seen goal scorers confidence. I mean, we see two goals here and there. But, you know, when it comes to a team who can who can put them down, I mean, I don't know, man. I I'm going to just say 5-2 because I think that that's, you know, I think that's what the scoreline is going to be. I mean, it could be 7-0, who knows. But, you know, I just think Phoenix is going to take it and it's going to be bad. So we have a couple guests from the Orange and Black soccer cast covering the Orange County Soccer Club. It was actually the first game on Wednesday, but we have a special guest at the end, so we put them. Uh, we'll start with we'll start with Ray. Ray, what do you think uh, San Diego can do against Phoenix this weekend? Um, well, I'm sure Dylan wants to hear yeah. my prediction on this match. Uh, <laughs> my 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 ma- ma- magic prediction stuff going on here. Um, you know, uh, it, it's a tough one. Uh, I I agree with sort of what what's been said is is there's not really much to know about San Diego for Phoenix and even for like Orange County. We're going to be uh, you know taking you guys on too is. It's a little bit of the unknown. There's some players that we've seen there. We've been able to see a few matches, but it's still very unpredictable. Um, as much as it hates me to say this, I think Phoenix comes away with the victory. Um, I want to say 2-0 uh, for Phoenix. Hmm. Sorry. Sorry to rain on your parade, guys. And uh, and, and <laughs> Dylan, the the... Optimist. The person who has the most appearances on Orange or Black Soccer Cast. Um, big man Dylan on the camera. What do you think is going to happen? Uh, no disrespect to San Diego. But look, I get John Kempen's really good. I get Sal Zizo's been pretty good. I get that Joe Greenspan is really good. But you can't win a game unless you score goals. And then you have a hard time drawing matches against teams that score massive amounts of goals unless you score goals. I'm going to have to say 3-0 Phoenix on this one. You know what? Actually, I'm not that confident in the Phoenix defense. 3-1 Phoenix. (laughs) I mean, if if Phoenix has a weakness, it's definitely that back line. I think pace can do a little bit of a damage. It's just, can we keep Phoenix from scoring multiple goals. Um, and just watch, just watch Orange County against them. Right, I'm watching that game over and over and over again. So what we have to do is we have to let Santi Moore almost score, and then have him get really mad and get sent off with a red card, and then we got a chance. <laughs> um, but I think I think this is a make or break week for San Diego. They played probably the two best teams in the West Conf- Western Conference. Um, I, I don't even think that's arguable at this point. I think Orange County Phoenix are the class of the Western Conference at this point. Um, and this is a tough test for San Diego. And um, I have said on the USL show multiple times that I think right now Orange County is the better team um, until Phoenix can take some points from Orange County. They'll get another chance. Um, but I, I think right now the Western Conference goes through Orange County and Phoenix. There's no doubt about it. So San Diego, this is a tough week. If you can get two points from these two games, I know that doesn't sound great, but I think two 
points from these two games would be huge in trying to hold on to that playoff to a possible playoff spot. Um, <laughs> thanks, Andy. Um, and Carson, Andy. Carson, I'm throw crap. I, I don't know if this is a PG 13 show, I have different words. But Andy is always <laughs> just gonna throw crap. I mean, yeah, whatever, Andy. Um, but the reason that we have so many guests is we have so many games this week. Thank goodness. Hopefully they all happen. I think Orange yes. County and Phoenix are very much like San Diego is. You take care of business. You act like a professional. You make sure you can play your games. Um, and so we brought in the two gentlemen from Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Um, who has the best record in the West? Yes, Harry, I would put San Antonio like a really solid third. I. Harry, just listen to the USL show. You know that I got love for San, San Antonio. I've been singing their praises. Just stop. Um, but the reason we brought, we have so many guests, uh, almost Carson. If I could be, I would if I had the time. Um, the reason we have so many guests, we have so many games. And so the next game we have up is actually Orange County. Um, so that's why we brought in Ray, and, uh, our friends Ray and Dylan. Um, Orange County, they haven't played since like who knows when. It's been forever. Like, I can't remember the last Orange County match. Um, yeah, it was us. It was Phoenix when they won 1-0, like, yeah. Like three months ago or something. Who knows? <laughs> hey, Harry, for the record, he said OC has the best record in the West, not Phoenix. We're not trying to claim something we don't have. <laughs> two, two draws and a win, um, but against uh, El Paso, Phoenix, and Phoenix. Uh, Orange County is coming off another bit of a break. Does that at all hurt Orange County in their ability to come out in this game against a team that's played six matches. Is there uh, Ray, you're shaking your head. Yes. Is, is there any reason why Orange County should be a little bit cautious going into this match, knowing that they haven't played since um, forever? Um, I, I definitely am scared about this match just because it has been such a long break. I, I look at the table and I, there's teams with like four games played uh, above us. We have like four games in hand against some teams in, in the league because of this wonderful thing that happened with Los Dos and, and playing our opponents that are just sort of messing things up. Uh, but I, I'm a little afraid for it. Uh, I, I'm looking at a performance, sort of what we saw against the first or in the first match against Phoenix, where you're sort of just sort of trying to figure things out again. Uh, I get it. It's not as long a break as it was for the the, the first break we had, but it's still in terms of soccer, it's a long break for these players to basically just be practicing. Oh, and by the way, you know, take a bus all the way up to Sacramento just to be told, hey, uh, five minutes before kick up, kickoff, you guys are not playing, so take your bus back down. Uh, you know, it, all that stuff is going to benefit San Diego, although San Diego's now had a, a little bit of a hiccup in the schedule because of, of all this stuff. But um I feel like San Diego is getting a little bit of a break uh, from what Orange County could have been if they would have been on the role that they could have been in playing the matches they should have played between the win against Phoenix and now. Uh, Dylan, the first week of the season, way back in March, Orange County took on a a pretty defensive El Paso team. Um, Ended up being a nil-nil draw because Orange County wasn't quite as sharp as they should have been. Um, Enna Voltsen looked fine. Uh, but not deadly. Okoli looked fine, but not deadly. Um, is there a chance that Orange County has a little bit of rust and we end up seeing something like that first match against El Paso? Or do you think that there's enough talent there 
uh, especially with the young guys who could just like it's like riding a bike. Hey, we've done this recently. Um, we can we can show up and put some pressure. What do you think, uh, Dylan? I think the only real issue here is we obviously are, are going to be without Thomasina Wilson. Um, his child was born two and a half weeks ago. You know, sometime around when we played Phoenix, his child was born. I don't remember when that was. I think it was like July 25th. Yeah, and he wasn't there because he was in Denmark. Um, I I worry that we struggle more than anything trying to score against guys like John Kempen, Joe Greenspan, and Sal Zizel. Um, I think we're obviously defensively strong. We proved that against Phoenix in two consecutive matches. We're hard to play through. We're really hard to play through. Um, but it's going to come down to can San Diego Nave Aiden Quinn um, put balls over the top? Can he do damage there? Can uh, Ugo Coley get onto those balls? Can Darwin Jones, can Kevin Coleman get onto those balls um, and, and put him in the back of the net past Kempen, who's been really good? Um, I think it's 0.67 goals against right now for San Diego. That's it's really good for the amount of matches they've played, um, especially you know playing a monarch side. That's not super easy playing a monarch side in Utah as well. So I think it's less of an issue of Orange County hasn't played in a couple weeks, and more of an issue of making chances count. You know the the thing that's crazy here, really, in in this conversation too, is like. San Diego has yet to really show OC, you know, and obviously Phoenix, you know, like what they're capable of, right? I mean, they've played for the most part to the opponents that they have played, you know, Lights and Mostos and and whatnot. But, you know, the one thing I, I, I woke up with thinking today is Orange County is the only team that could truly say whether or not Phoenix could be in postseason right now. They're the only team that you know they, they they're sitting very good against that phoenix side and now it's up to san diego to either come out and be another team that can also say hey you know your postseason is kind of based on whether we're not you know we want to let you there or not you know what i mean or or whether or not they're going to come out and just just i mean and the great thing here is that that this these sides are going to play each other pretty much like the three times like you know, in this condensed part of the season because that's just the way the scheduling worked. At first, I thought that was bad because, you know, that's those are games you need to win and you're playing against sides that are like juggernauts. You know, that's that's a good way to keep you out of the postseason. But things have changed. It's, it's pure chaos. Um, had matches not been postponed for both sides, I think this is a much, much different match. I think we both have... <laughs> Um, really big question marks heading into this game. I think, I mean, we get more of a rested side, but with the five subs, is it too much of an issue? Bigger thing is, are guys going to be fit? Both teams traveled. Neither city is particularly easy to get to. I know Sacramento is a little bit further than Las Vegas, but it it's really dumb. Um, I have to feel for both of the teams because... You know, you're doing your best to stay fit and healthy and not get COVID. To this point, they've both been successful in that regard. And then they go and just get unlucky constantly. 
and this was my worry is when we had Las Vegas in this group is they were going to ruin everything. And I'm amazed it took this long. No disrespect to the players. I just mean like living in Las Vegas and no disrespect to Carson either. This kind of seems like you're playing Russian roulette. Ooh. And eventually I mean, it's going to come around. You go to Vegas as a vis as a tourist, and you come back feeling like dirtier than you've ever felt before. So you know, <laughs> Dylan. No, he never that, that's, that, that's, that's an explanation right there. That's why we're worried about Vegas being in this group. Is uh, I mean, it's Vegas. Uh, you know, you got these players probably have like glitter when they're coming home at night on their bodies, and and all this other stuff. So COVID sorry, they keep COVID glitter. So what does it matter? I mean, it's are the they going to play another game this season? I mean, what's up with that? They're, it's no, they're just going to have foam parties. And, <laughs> and um, now I know Phoenix has, <laughs> Phoenix has local broadcasting. Orange County, have they worked out local broadcasting yet? No. Uh, I think Mark us Mar- too. You know, Will. Right. Well, or on your view, like the, just a restream of the, of the ESPN Plus, but at least you can watch us in Santa Barbara. Fair. I mean, Santa Barbara is gorgeous, home of the TV show Psych. Um, I'm leaving that one on the screen for a minute. Yeah. Go ahead and address Who is that. the natural rival for Phoenix and Orange County? I was planning on asking Aiden Quidness, too, to get his perspective as a player. You can see still rivalries or even the, as big. But, uh, Kevin, who is the natural rival for Phoenix? And yeah, is it OC? Well, okay, so we had this on Twitter. It was a big, yeah. it was a big thing. If you look at it from a historical perspective, it's OC. Um, we have the history. We go back and forth. We don't hate each other, but we don't like each other. Okay. Then you have New New Mexico, who we just despise. And then we have Real Monarchs, who've kicked our asses and, sorry, kicked our fannies um, out of the playoffs and done some terrible things to us. So, twice. You know, we argue amongst ourselves who our rivals are. Um, Honestly, I settle on Real Monarchs because they've caused us the most pain. And then Orange <laughs> County. <laughs> yeah. Carson, keep up, man. Um, Orange County, who do you think the natural rival is for Orange County? Uh, do you want to take it, Dylan? I, I, I would say butterflies. Wait, but is, Dylan, is Carson the one saying that the natural rival for us is winning the title? Because I think the expectations were much, much higher. I think the natural rival he's, for Phoenix is Phoenix winning for the title. natural rivals for okay, Phoenix. So that's yeah. what I figured. I was like, that seems like a Phoenix dig. I, to relate it to another American sport, I feel like it's, I'll keep it in the West even. It's like a Dodgers-Giants kind of thing. Both of them are pretty good. Um. They've been historically successful. They have respect for each other because they're both good sides. As opposed to like, you know, you get like the Mets. They, they're they good one year and then they think they're like really big and popular and important. Go away. And that's New Mexico. Also, no one likes the Mets. No one likes New Mexico. <laughs> so I feel like it's like a, like a big Arsenal-Chelsea, you know, like 15 years ago, Arsenal-United kind of thing where... It's like both teams are rivals just because of their own success, but there's a respect there. Um, at least for some of us, we have some respect for Phoenix. And then you have like we Tottenham, who's good for a year, and then you're Tottenham's like, we're relevant, please, we're relevant. Someone pay attention to us. <laughs> we have a new stadium. OC in New Mexico. We respect a lot of what OC brings to the plate. We don't respect New Mexico. <laughs> I, I think that's, for that's pretty much where I'm at. I think oh, for man. Phoenix and Orange County, I would say that it's a that that sh- 
right now is a pretty good rivalry because both teams are so good. Like the problem with some rivalries is like one of the teams isn't great. So it's like, okay, you've like Liverpool Everton. It's a rivalry, but Everton hasn't won in like forever. So is it really a rivalry or is it just like it's the Derby because it's in the same town? So like an outsider, I think Phoenix Orange County is always an entertaining match. It's always going to be fun to watch. I shouldn't say always going to be fun to watch. I was in Phoenix last year. It was not fun to watch. But I think for the most part, like most of those games are enjoyable games. They're competitive. The players tend to, it seems like they just go a little bit harder into challenges. Um, and I, I enjoy watching both Phoenix and Orange County. When I, when I came to USL, those are the two teams I was drawn to the most a couple of years ago because they were the ones who were playing exciting football. They were playing engaging uh, football. They had personalities. They had people that you can really connect to. Um, and I really enjoyed watching them. Um, but now that I have a hometown team, I got to root for the hometown team. I mean, um, <laughs> with, with all of the frustrations, that means being a San Diego sports fan. Um, Although the Padres are apparently doing well. Um, who knew? Um, but we're, we're going through some growing pains in San Diego. I don't think San Diego has a natural rival yet. I think it's too soon. Um, I think this bracket is going to be interesting to develop some of those rivalries with OC, with LA, um, San Diego, New Mexico. But they're not going to play each other. Um, but I think maybe that who's the best new kid on the block Oh, 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 we're going to get sued. Um, <laughs> yes. But I, <laughs> but I think. No, wait, 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 Alan. I, I got to see you do that dance, though. You can't just sing it. You yeah, do, do that dance. dance. That. Do it. No, no, you got it. Yeah, you got to do it, though. You got to show us the legs. Stand up. We yeah, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not standing up. Like, that's, I too think, much. that's too much. I think Harry was, I think Harry was trying to say uh, San Diego is going to be OC's big rival and New Mexico is going to end up being Phoenix's big rival. I can see that. I think long term that makes a little bit of sense. Um, but right now, Orange County and Phoenix are established teams that play each other really hard. Um, Carson says boo for some reason. Oh, because I won't stand up. It's too hot. I don't have an AC. Maybe like in the springtime, I'll do. I'll learn the dance. Um, uh, <laughs> man, new kids on the block. That's a throwback. <laughs> Please don't go, girl. I guess we can go around go around the horn and say who's our favorite uh, new kid on the block. Donnie. Um, Donnie. <laughs> Donnie. Uh, but it's all about Bell Biv DeVoe. It's better. Bell Biv DeVoe. Um, score predictions for the Orange County match. Um, I'm going to put uh, Ray on the spot first because he likes to put me on the spot from time to time. Orange <laughs> County, San Diego. How do you think it's going to go? 5 nil, San Diego. Ooh. Beautiful. I, hate I love you it so much, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> I knew this was coming, and I was like, "I'm gonna get." So <laughs> oh, if you don't know, if you it. don't know, just watch old school Orange Black Soccer guys. Dylan, what do you got? I got. You know, I think I got a two-one Orange County victory. Kevin, what do you got? I'm gonna go with two-one Orange County. Chris. Oh man. I got uh, I got four nil San Diego. Woo! Four. Get that Why confidence. Not? They're getting Have that confidence up. Scored four goals this season. They're, they're gonna get. They're gonna get that confidence up real quick. Oh man! That, that Landon Donovan juice. And they're gonna recruit Polisek while they're at it. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Dylan's like, what the heck? Well, I just got to say this. Uh, Chris, whatever it is you're drinking or smoking tonight, hand that on over here. Hey, here you go, man. So here's some, some, some celery juice. I got you right here. I'm just going to go... Orange County. We're gonna quote. Sort of... We're, we're gonna quote you on this, Alan. Whatever you say right now, we're gonna quote you on oh, this in, been... in about an hour. That's true. That's true. I'm gonna. Uh, Aiden Quinn's gonna come on and he's gonna roast me for picking against Orange County again. Yeah, I hope um, he's listening right now. I'm he's going. I'm going a. Oh wait, one, you know what? One one draw. Again. I, again. Take a stand, Alan. No, I will not against Orange Take County. I will not against Phoenix. This is green eggs and ham. Um, I think. Orange County can score some goals, but they've scored two and let in one in three games. We have the best is, defense. Which is super impressive. I think Orange County's gonna um Orange County doesn't score tons of goals right now. Um San Diego scores not a ton of goals either. They don't give up very many either. I actually wouldn't be surprised if this is a nil-nil draw. Um but um that's boring, Alan. That is boring, so that's why I'm gonna go one one. I was going to pick nil-nil, but no one wants nil-nil. <laughs> hey, Alan, we got a guest. We have a guest. Uh-oh. Yeah. I hope he heard oh, it. Oh, I hope he heard you. Oh, my I hope God. He heard I hope he heard you. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're <laughs> going to welcome in at this point Mount Carmel High School's own Mr. Aiden Quinn. How are you doing, sir? Hey, guys. I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Uh, doing fantastic. I decided not to pick against Orange County because the last time I did that, you called me out on the Orange and Black Soccer <laughs> Cats. So. Uh, yeah. I did hear some outrageous score lines. I'm not, I'm not sure who it was from, but I did hear something crazy. That was Ray. But <laughs> Ray always picks outrageous score lines to kind of jinx games. It's like the NWSL where the team that everyone picked to win lost for like seven games in a row. Um. So if you don't know, Aiden Quinn, um, he said, nah, University of Akron's own. Uh, we're making this a San Diego connection here. Uh, what is, oh, Aiden Quinn, Mr. Quinn, what was the Mount Carmel mascot question? <laughs> sun Devils. There you go. It's a great day to be a Sun Devil. It is. Um, if you don't know, um, so Aiden Quinn grew up San Diego. Uh, his family is kind of San Diego soccer um, history with the soccers um, and coaching as well. Um, what was it like growing up in San Diego? Um, and what do you, to you as a San Diegan, what is it like to have a USL franchise in San Diego? Yeah, growing up in San Diego is unbelievable. I mean, probably one of the best cities in America. I might be biased, but I love living there. Um, soccer is unbelievable. I think just in Southern California alone the amount of talent and uh, the soccer culture is, is unmatched around the country. So I think that was great just to be involved in. And then obviously coming from a soccer family that helped. Um, and then I'm, I'm super excited and happy that San Diego finally got a team. It's been, it's been a long time coming. Um, hopefully they're successful because if you're not successful in San Diego, if you're not winning, then fans probably won't come. So I think, um, that's probably what needs to be done in San Diego, just because that's the type of people that live there. There's so many things to do. So um, hopefully they're, they're doing, uh, they're doing good things right now. Hopefully they continue that, um, but not against my team, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you meant, we both mentioned growing up in a soccer family uh, and your family is involved in the only team currently playing in San Diego to have won a championship. Uh, what was it like growing up in that environment? 
Yeah, it was unbelievable. Um, I used to always go to the soccer's trainings, uh, all the games. Obviously, I loved going to the sports arena when they had trainings, and me and my sister would just go around in the empty sports arena and get into some trouble and just kick the ball around. Um, and then uh, that's how I met a lot of people. Uh, Braden, the coach here, that's how I met him when he played at the soccer's. Um, but yeah, it's, it was just great to be involved around the game. Um, and that's how I think my love of the game grew. Cause your dad was part of that, like run of undefeated that got me in trouble with some Phoenix fans. Um, just yeah. that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you were completely, uh, Oh, I don't know if he was part of that, but I think that was the Craig Childs and that team where they okay. won the most games in like yeah, soccer yeah. history. Yeah. Right? yeah. I, I was thinking of that too. And then I'm glad you pointed that out. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> See, I'm not wrong. Um, <laughs> uh, we talked a little bit about rivalries as well. Um, I know rivalries can sometimes be a bigger deal with fans, um, but with things like Orange County, LA, Orange County, San Diego, like growing up down here, even Orange County, Phoenix, how do players view these rivalries? Um, is it something that you, is, is it something that you pay attention to or is that more like the people in the stands are hyping it up and it for you it's just like another game uh a little bit of both i'd say like take our rivalry all, our rivalry with phoenix i mean there's there's a little juice to it because we are always competing with them um obviously the 2008 western final uh and also the regular season that year it came down to actually phoenix losing was why we won um so there's that there's that going into that one uh, with the San Diego one, it's just proximity. Obviously, I think it's going to grow and become a real rivalry. This is the first game. Um, so guys are going to be pumped for it just because they know it's a kind of a local game. So you, so you can say, especially in the U.S., there's not really local games, but this is as close as you can get. Um, but I think, yeah, with more games, the San Diego rivalry is going to be big. And then, uh, like, Phoenix, they're obviously a big team. So I think every, uh, every club's kind of gunning for them after what they did last year and how successful they've been. But um, yeah, for us, it's, it's going to be San Diego and Phoenix and you'd say galaxy too, but it's just because they're an MLS two team is kind of different than the independent teams. Um, so, um, a local game, smiley face. Um, you do have a connection with USD and Torero stadium. Have you played a competitive match in Torero stadium prior to this, or will this be the first time that you've stepped onto that pitch as a, um, a competitor? Uh, not uh, like a real competitive game. We played uh, friendlies there, like scrimmages for Orange County against uh, my dad's college, USD. So I've played there. Uh, I trained on those pitches a lot in the offseason, playing pickup and stuff with a few guys. So uh, I love that stadium. I love that area. But, uh, yeah, this will be the first real competitive game on Torero Stadium for me. Well, welcome home, Chris. You got any? Uh, you got any questions? Oh man, I just want to know what you had for dinner tonight. Ask <laughs> him <them> about vegetables. <laughs> no, that's the next podcast. That's the next one. <laughs> My dinner is the standard pasta um, with with some vegetarian sausage because my wife's vegetarian. So, little onions and uh, peppers and some zucchini on the side. Okay, so now after a match. When you can obviously eat like the worst stuff for you, what do you what do you have after a match? Like, what's your what's your go to? If it's like 
I get to choose, and like, I know yeah, like you, two you years. Get to choose, yeah. yeah. So my favorite is I always crave In and Out. I just I need to get some In and Out in me for some reason. I just that's what I crave, and it's the one time I can be like, all right, I don't feel bad at all. So what's your order In and Out? This is. Yeah, like, uh, this is critical. It's critical. I'm taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> three by three grilled onions uh, meal. That's it. Pretty simple. Fair. Okay. Regular fries, yeah. animal fries, um, animal fries. Regular fries, animal fries. Like, is if I'm like starving, but that's a little too much sometimes. Fair. I'm a fatty, okay. so I get animal fries. <laughs> I don't have to that. be. I don't have to be an elite midfielder with a deadly left foot, so I can eat uh, animal fries. No, the animal style fries are bomb, man. I, I love them. Got to get that Neapolitan shake, man. Yeah, that's good too. But I, I also I love just having a treat of a Coke after a game or something. So that's my little treat. Okay. Um. So we have a uh, a Periscope Twitter question from the point you're last tested to the match time. Uh, what are what are players doing to stay safe? Yeah, I mean, uh, Orange County's been good with it. Uh, I think San Diego as well. Um, but yeah, we just try to follow the protocols. We, I know guys kind of just if they have roommates, they stick with their roommates. I don't have any roommates as my wife, so I just stay at home basically. Uh, I'll take the dog on a walk, but uh, kind of just stay at home and stay in the apartment or whatever it is, and try not to get into trouble because it's only a few months of games and you don't really want to risk it. Obviously we've had both clubs have had games postponed, which kind of sucks. And one, you don't want to be the guy that everyone blames. Um, but also you, you kind of screw yourself later in the season. Cause now we're going to have Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday games, you know, back to back, it's going to be tougher. Yeah. So what is it like to take on a team, like a new team in the league um, where you might not have, tons of experience playing against them or understanding what a coach is doing. So what is it like to prepare for a team like San Diego? Yeah, it's, it's a little different because say for Phoenix, uh, you kind of know how they're going to play, you know, their tendencies and their players. Um, but for San Diego, you're kind of, you have a new coach in Landon, uh, a new completely new club. So you're not really sure how they're going to play. Um, you only have a few games of film. So you try to watch as much as you can, but, you can't go back and and see. Uh, <laughs> that's a funny comment. You can't go back and see uh, and see how they play or what their tendency tendencies are. Because say like Reno, we know how Reno played the last three four years. Now they're a little different this year. But teams kind of and clubs kind of stay the same um, throughout the USL, especially the same coach. And you've seen you've kind of been involved in the growth of the USL. Like, what have you noticed as um, teams come in, the league kind of grows? Is there anything that excites you about the growth of the USL? The fact that there are maybe more SoCal teams or what have you noticed about specifically about that growth? I think that's a nice way of you saying I'm a USL journeyman. <laughs> I did not say that. I just I just happened to watch a highlight of you scoring a penalty kick for FC Cincinnati. I mean, I'm not saying anything about that. No, no, it's been it's been great. Um, this league's really grown a lot. Um, I was in it in 2014 with Orlando. I think there's 13 clubs. Uh, now there's what 30, 34, whatever it is. So it's it's incredible how much growth there's been. 33 um, in Portland. Let's be real. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, there's, it's incredible what they've done. Um, I think yeah, adding the SoCal teams that for me it's great because it's closer to home. Um, 
it's great for my family because they can come and watch me play finally. Uh, now they have local soccer as well with the outdoor and indoor now. Um, and I think it's great for the, the kids and the youth because now they can look up and say, oh, cool, I can play for my hometown. Or I know I, there's professional players in my in my community. So um, I think that's great. And then, uh, yeah, just the growth of the league and the standards that the clubs are running at now, it's been good. So um, I've got a question. Yeah, from, Kevin. From the bad guys, Aiden. Uh, yeah. I'm Kevin. I'm PRFC fan show. I'm a Phoenix Rising fan. Um, so, you know, I always watch and I talk to the players a, a good bit. And um, after games, I see a lot of interaction between uh, Phoenix Rising teams and other teams. But I've noticed that there isn't that much interaction between OC and after Phoenix Rising match. Have you? had much interaction with any of the Phoenix rising players, talk to them after the matches, any of that? Honestly, I think that's because like I was saying, it's a rivalry. So like you're kind of really pissed, especially say Phoenix, because they lost, they're not really happy. Mm-hmm. Um, or like last year when we got absolutely smashed three nil, I think it was at, at Phoenix. Uh, you're not d- happy during those times just because both teams expect to win. And sometimes I think other teams go to Phoenix and they kind of know, Hey, well, this will be, this will be a good game if we get a win or a draw or something. Um, but no, I talked to a lot of the guys on the Phoenix team. I, um, I know Jordan Schweitzer pretty well. I talked to solo. I talked to contour junior. I'm talking to during the game. I know Kevin Lambert, Kevon or whatever, how you guys pronounce that. I know there's a whole thing on that. Um, I saw him in the off season. So no, I know a bunch of those guys. I enjoy talking to them, but I think it's that moment after the game where you're not too pleased. And then uh, especially because, like we said, it's two of the best teams going against each other. One's not going to be happy with how they played probably. So um, I think that's the reason there. Uh, it makes, makes sense. Is there is there a name to the uh, OC, uh, let's see, the OC Phoenix rivalry while we're talking about all this stuff? No, I think uh, rivalry of the West. <laughs> we're, we're happier we don't live in Phoenix rivalry. Um, <laughs> Whatever, man. <laughs> but you guys have air butterflies. You guys have air conditioning, so I'm jealous. Um, <laughs> Carson asked um, your favorite place to eat in Akron. I guess we got to ask an Akron question. Akron. Okay, we'll do that. In Akron. Um, that's what I said. I Where like is them. Akron? <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful place in Ohio, just outside Cleveland. Isn't that an oxymoron? Where, where uh, one of the best basketball <laughs> players from? I don't know if you guys know. <laughs> but um, I think I used to go to Cilantro a lot just because that was down the street. It's a sushi place. Aladdin's is an uh, Indian place. That was good. Um, and then there's one other spot. I can't remember what it was. It was good, uh, but I probably should remember what it was. I never had White Castle. I can tell you that much. <laughs> well, uh, you're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, w- I don't know if I'd be here. Aiden, I really want to thank you for your time. Uh, thank you for not putting me on blast on this podcast. You have another chance coming up in about 15 minutes. So, um, uh, <laughs> We want to thank you for your time. Um, it's always great to chat with you, uh, San Diegan, but unfortunately play doesn't play for San Diego. 
uh, dot, dot, dot. Um, and so we want to thank you for your time. Um, we're glad that you're uh, out there playing. Uh, it's a pleasure w- watching you play uh, in Orange County. So thank you for your time. Um, we're going to uh, wrap it up and um, check in and ask where we can find you on the internet. So uh, Aiden, thank you for coming on. Uh, good luck on Wednesday um, and good luck with the rest of your season. Yeah, respect, um, Yeah, Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Right on. And we'll, uh, we'll see you soon. Uh, yes, you will. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, where can we find uh, you and your work? So I'm not a podcast. We're a YouTube channel. So it's PRFC Fan Show and on Twitter at PRFC Fan Show. Nice. Uh, Ray, where can we find your shenanigans? Uh, you can follow me. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at DJ Ray Samora. Also, look for our podcast, the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. We are at OCSCpodcast.com or look for us on Twitter at, um, at OCSC underscore soccer cast. Dylan? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at OCSC underscore Dylan um, or at elbonnews.org under the byline Dylan Allen. Nice. Chris, where can we find you? Hey, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter under by Chris Walker. And uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. Or in the and, pumpkin patch. And wait, wait and what? At the, pumpkin the pumpkin patch? patch. Yeah, yeah, you can find me in the pumpkin <laughs> patch. Shirt, man. Anyway, let me let me address Carson really quick. Uh-oh. The only reason why I have so many blank shirts, like every single one, is because I ran a clothing brand for like 10 years. And so after that, I pretty much just went unmarked until the next time I decided to design some clothing again. There you go. There you well, go. You, you okay. start designing some clothing. We'll, 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 uh, make sure we <laughs> Carson, uh, make sure we, uh, we put that out there. Great old pumpkin looking donkey. Uh, you can find me at a Underwood 48 on the Twitter machines. Uh, this is the fair weather podcast. Uh, Thanks for stopping by, dropping your comments, dropping your questions. Uh, We look forward to uh, hearing from you. What? What? What, Ray? Oh, you're just pointing at a flag. Um, Nobody cares, uh, Thank you for coming on. If you listen to the podcast version, uh, hopefully you enjoyed. Uh, Thank you guys for stopping by. Uh, Thank our guests for coming in, Kevin, Dylan, Ray, and, of course, uh, Aiden Quinn. And we will see you uh, next week. Have a good night, everyone. This and every episode is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. You can find other podcasts on bgn.fm. The Fairweather Podcast is also sponsored by Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie-cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday League squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create a kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com.